Good morning or afternoon, actually. It's a little oh, nearly one o'clock. How, how's everybody today? This is Barry Cox. Looking forward to sharing with everybody today. And um, this really felt the Lord speak recently in, in regard to um, a follow up to our last podcast about fighting the good fight. And so, so I'm calling this a, a vivid current example of fighting the good fight. And so, so let's let's commit this to the Lord and just ask Him to lead us. Father, we are yours, Lord. Lord, take our hearts and uh, and transform them. Lord, thank you, Lord, that that uh, you you say that that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so, Lord, I pray that your word would renew us and empower us, enable us to live lives worthy of you. And, Lord, we just ask your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm calling this a, 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 a vivid, vivid current example of fighting the good fight. And so um, in Matthew 24, Jesus has his amazing conversation with Peter, James, John, and Andrew in which he answers their question, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And in Matthew 24, verse 9, he says, you will be hated all over the world because you are my followers, and many will turn away from me, and many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. <clears throat> I, I ran across this amazing uh, hearing about this amazing experience of a, of a man named Calvin Robertson, Robinson, Calvin Robinson. He lives in the UK, and he, what he experienced clearly illustrates these warnings of Jesus. Calvin was a deacon in the Church of England. He went to seminary seeking ordination as a priest. He also has, does podcasting and is a kind of a conservative commentator. Well, Calvin took play took part in a, the Union Oxford Union debate, and and he opposed the House of Bishops' support of same sex marriage in the Church of England. Uh, the debate pitted Robinson against the bishops of Buckingham, Dudley, and Worcester. There was another man that was also with uh, Calvin on the in, in opposing the the. Uh, the action of the Church of England. And the results were not very good. The results of the debate, as the people at the, as the Oxford Union folks voted, there was 186 for same-sex marriage to 41 against. However, nonetheless, Calvin Robertson spoke amazingly and precisely and eloquently to defend the faith. And his actions really illustrate fighting the good faith, good fight, as we discussed in our last podcast. And so he began his speech by acknowledging his anxiety. And he said, quote, We are up against the authorities, three bishops from the established church. That means either I am wrong and Christians have been teaching incorrectly on marriage for 2,000 years, or we have church leaders attempting to drag the church into apostasy. Neither of these outcomes will be good, end quote. And of course, apostasy is just a falling away from the faith, is like Jesus was talking about in Matthew 24. 
Now, Jesus, Paul, and the book of Genesis all describe marriage as a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. You know, indeed, God's amazing creative design for heterosexual union is indescribably awesome. And so, Robinson, in his argument, said, quote, Both the issues of marriage and homosexuality are addressed in the New Testament. Paul in his epistles and Jesus in the Gospels talk of marriage in the context of heterosexual union. So, my question to the bishops would be, do we not believe in the authority of the scriptures anymore? Can we pick and choose which parts of the gospel we adhere to? And later he added, we are directly talking about undermining God's plan as he has revealed it to us. We are replacing his authority with our own. End quote. His opponents argued that God is love. <clears throat> his reply was, quote, too many people who utter these, those words have a confused understanding of love. Agape, love in a biblical context, divine love, is a sacrificial love. It is not lustful. People often conflate sex with love. That is very disingenuous. Yes, God is love, but he sets the terms, not us, end quote. Now, Calvin also addressed the inclusivity argument that's so prevalent in our day. And so he, as he addressed it, he said, quote, Should, shouldn't the church be more inclusive? Again, it's a play on words people use to virtue signal, to appear good rather than being good. The church should absolutely be inclusive. Christ spent time with tax collectors and prostitutes, but... It is they who went away changed, not he. We are all fallen, and therefore we are all sinners. The church is open to sinners. That is its purpose. But it should not encourage people to continue sinning. Our duty is to lead people to Christ, to lead them away from sin, not to embrace and affirm sin. End quote. Now, he, as he continued in, his, in the debate, he, he went on to address specifically our present culture. Quote, as Christians, we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. The trap we have fallen into with this debate is looking at the church through the eyes of the world around us rather than through his kingdom. In the secular world, we all have equality under the law. People can enter civil partnerships or even gay marriage outside of the church, and that's their prerogative. However, the faith is inherently discriminatory. God is discriminatory. He sets conditions on us entering his heavenly kingdom. It is not a free-for-all. The formula is turn away from sin. Repent. And follow Christ. And I want to specify it is the sin that is the problem, not the sinner. Every single person is loved by God, and God forgives us of our depravity. But we have to turn away from our sins and turn toward Him. End quote. And so, you know, as the church is so concerned 
I, as a modern-day church, is so concerned about accommodating the culture, being relevant, is lost the evident essence of Jesus' first message found in Mark 1.14. Jesus said, amazingly, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And so Robinson concluded his his debate, his message to, during the debate with a bold confrontation. Quote, so as I wrap up, my message to the proposing side is, do not lead people astray. Do not be the wolves in sheep's clothing or the false teachers the Bible warns us about. Remember your obligation to defend the faith. Stop teaching about diversity, inclusion, and equality. Get back to teaching about redemption and salvation. Help people by telling them the truth. Be kind to them by supporting them through their struggles and reminding them Christ suffers with them. And be compassionate by leading them to Christ. The church is imploding. The faithful masses have stopped turning up on Sundays. Do not accelerate this with heresy. You do not have the authority to bless sin. Bishops are promoting the idea of sacramental sodomy. Let them be anathema. Repent. Now, I have no doubt some of you who are listening will consider me a bigot, a homophobe. But I, but I am neither of those things. I am simply a follower of Christ, a Christian. End quote. He concluded with the words of St. Athanasius of Alexandria. If the world is against the truth, then I am against the world. End quote. Well, Calvin Robinson, Robinson in this debate powerfully defended the biblical truth on marriage. But the Church of England not only has approved same-sex marriage, but it also refused to ordain Calvin. So Calvin has chosen to seek to serve God through an association with the Anglican Church of North America and Africa that has taken a more biblical view of things. Now, this situation, Calvin's situation, vividly illustrates how the influence of the culture has swayed much of the church to see through the eyes of the world rather than through the vision of Jesus' eternal kingdom. Obviously, my approach in this podcast is, is purely as a Christian citizen of heaven and biblically for the church to be the pillar and foundation of the truth. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Jesus was very clear in the Sermon on the Mount. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. As Robinson said in his debate, God is discriminatory. Jesus in Revelation 21.6 illustrates that further. Quote, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Verse 7, 
Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. End quote. 1 Corinthians 6.10, Paul also has the same thing. Quote, do not realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you once were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You are made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. End quote. Now, as we gain through Scripture here an understanding of God's view of sin, how is it compassionate to compromise with the world and claim that the grace of God allows us to live immoral lives? From a an eternal perspective, this claim is the opposite of love and compassion. We should love others enough to tell them the truth and help them not fall under the judgment of God. The book of Jude is the last book of the Bible before the message of God's coming judgment in the Revelation. Jude is an epistle instructing us how to defend the faith and what is coming in the end times. So as we begin to wrap up this podcast, let's take a brief journey through Jude's letter. Fascinating, amazing book. Again, the second book, uh, or the second, the last book of the Bible, right before the, the amazing book of Revelation that speaks of God's judgment itself. And so Jude says in his letter, he, basically just a summary of Jude's letters is, <clears throat> after, after telling us to defend the faith, he warns those who say the grace of God allows us to live immoral lives that they have denied Jesus and will be condemned. He goes on to remind people that the judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah for their sexual perversion serves as a warning of coming judgment. In verse 10, he refers to those who scoff at things they do not understand like unthinking animals they do whatever their instincts tell them and so they bring about their own destruction what sorrow awaits them then jude very directly says quote listen the lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on the people of the world that's verse 14 and 15 of jude well <clears throat> Let's conclude as our, our, this particular podcast with Jude's final thoughts from uh, verses 20 to 23, which instruct how to defend the faith and fight the good fight. Verse 20, But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. Verse 22, very practical. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. 
show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Well, let's just close in prayer. Father, thank you so much, Lord, that, that you have sent Jesus and that he, he, he told us so clearly in, in Matthew 24 that there, that there would be difficult times and that there would be just a, a, a falling away from the faith. And, and, and Lord, thank you for calling us to fight the good fight and defend the faith. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for Jude, the book of Jude here that so specifically specifically tells us how to do this. We thank you for Calvin Robinson and how he was such a great illustration, example of how to do this. And so, Lord, we pray now <clears throat> that you would help us to heed your word here. And Lord, I pray that we would build ourselves up, build each other up, and pray together in the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for the promise that you're going to bring us eternal life. Thank you for keeping us safe and in your love, Lord. And so I pray, Father, then that, that, that we would do what Jude encourages here, that we would, those who around us, who's, who their faith is wavering, it's a difficult time to live a life of faith. Lord, I pray that we could help and encourage people and show mercy to them. And, and Lord, but yet I pray that as we do that, we could do what Jude says here, do it with caution and, and, and that we could, we could be bold to encourage repentance. That's what you said, Jesus repent for the kingdom of God is at hand and believe the good news. And so Lord, I pray that we would have the boldness and the love, your love, Lord, to help rescue those from, and snatch them from the flames of judgment as as the world is as as sin is so rampant and and it's causing the love of many to grow cold so lord i, I pray that that these things would be true in our lives lord we pray that we could we could fight the good fight of faith lord i pray that we we would have the strength to to truly love one another and that we would truly be able to to speak the truth in love to one another Lord, I pray that, that that your church, you would raise up your church. Lord, you said the, throughout the word of God that, that there's a remnant. And so, Lord, I pray that your remnant would indeed represent you in a way, Lord, that, that would honor you, that is worthy of who you are. Lord, be glorified in your church. Help us to be more fully what you call us to be, the pillar and foundation of the truth. And, Lord, we thank you for helping us. Lord, we ask all these things for your name's sake, Lord Jesus. Be glorified, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank y'all for listening. You gotta have a great week. God bless. Please uh, feel free to share this with anyone. Just, just copy the link and email it to them or text it to them. And so thank y'all. Have a great week. God bless.